0: Money, 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 money. Quickly to Wall.
1: Wall no yeah. measures. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Yeah. Hold hold the
0: yeah. Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. what's going on everyone welcome to the latest episode of the locked on wizards podcast i am your host for tonight I am Arthur Renault. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter. We are at Locked On Wizards. Tonight, I have with me our own Ian Evans, one of the co hosts of this wonderful podcast, to talk about the Summer League team and then some stuff that we've seen on the internet that has make, made us mad. What's going on, Ian?
1: Troy Brown. Troy Brown. Troy Brown. Troy Brown. What's yeah, up,
0: man? That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. He he makes a really great point, uh, Troy Brown, and part of the new Big Three in D.C. with Devin Robinson, Thomas Bryant, and Troy Brown himself.
1: Summer League Big Three, that's so funny.
0: The Summer League Big Three. So we're going to talk about the past two games that played. The Wizards had a game Friday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we just wrapped up Game 2 against the San Antonio Spurs. Unfortunately, both were losses, I did not catch the first game. Ian did. It was apparently very ugly. If you could sum it up in 10 seconds or less, how was that first game, Ian?
1: Chioza sabotages the offense, makes it all about himself, shoots way too much. Um, didn't get to showcase any of the other young guys. So it was a pretty uneventful first game. Yeah. Uh, and it, like you said, it was really ugly. Troy Brown Jr. showed some stuff, showed some good touch around the rim um he showed his handles to the ability he was getting to the rim at ease even against the Cavaliers team but this game today was awesome
0: yeah I mean just looking at the stats alone we'll recap that first game just with pure numbers uh the Cristioza that you mentioned he had five points (laughs) and in 28 minutes Devin Robinson had 14 Troy Brown had 13 and Thomas Bryan had seven Um, And then how you mentioned tonight, today's game was spectacular, especially the second half, which is what I was able to watch. Um, Troy Brown played 31 minutes, Devin Robinson played 33, and Thomas Bryant played 32, so they all played over 30 minutes. Uh, Devin Robinson led all scorers with 24 points, going 9 for 18 from the field, unfortunately 1 for 6 from 3, and Troy Brown put in 21 points. And shot 47%. He showed a lot of potential, a lot of scoring. And the player that I was most impressed with, even though Devin Robinson had all the highlights, the player that really stood out for me this past game against the Spurs was Thomas Bryant. He put up 20 points on 81% shooting from the field. Had some like really nice rebounds. Had a Euro step at one point. He was just so calm in transition. I don't know, Ian. Like Talk me off a ledge here. I'm talking about this new big three, obviously it's Summer League, but this new big three possibly contributing this year. What are your takes from the first two games, and what do you think will happen with these three?
1: It's encouraging to see. I think it's the first time, really, that I can remember where there were, I mean, obviously Troy Brown. You know, We know he's going to make the roster, but three total players on a Summer League squad um, run by the Wizards where there's three super young guys who are all super talented and look really promising. So I don't remember the last time that was a thing, maybe Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre and Glenn Robinson jr. But that was, I was never really buying that anyway. Like I was never super hyped for any of those guys outside of like Otto. Um, I think specifically, I mean, you touched on Thomas Bryant. He's just got like for a big man, he's like a fluid athlete. He's just got a really smooth game. Uh, Obviously like you mentioned the rebounding. He took a lot of threes. Um I've seen him make some for the Lakers in the past. I don't like that shot from him right now, but it's summer league so in a way you're almost kind of glad he's taking them, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think one thing I really noticed about his game today was he's a really good passer like out of the post. Yeah, he I was, think Thomas he was Bryant he was finding guys sets. like he was whipping the ball around with one hand a couple times. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of impressive from a young guy. I know Lakers fans were kind of kind of ticked off that um, they they kind of loaded up with a vet-heavy roster, and it made the way. The Wizards kind of lucked out. Like That's why I think they kind of need to put him on the roster because he's looked really impressive.
0: I remember tweeting when I saw Thomas Bryant highlights that he's already better than Jan Mahimi and i also mentioned that the wizards should stretch on Mahimi so that we can keep thomas bryant on the roster to which a lot of people have pointed out that stretching Mahimi really does nothing in terms of just saving ted leonzo some tax money
1: yeah but, it's like it's like signing jason smith to do a 5 year extension right so basically
0: i'm fine with you know not stretching yon Mahimi like i had mentioned but thomas bryant needs to be on the roster he doesn't need to play 30, 40 minutes. He can just show up for 12, 14 minutes. He has a motor. He can play some D. He's really good. He has like some good footwork. Obviously, this is all Summer League. I'm just going to point it out right now. This is all Summer League. We are aware. We're just going off what we've seen. We'll obviously get a better idea once training camp starts and once, you know, the preseason comes around. But we're just going off of what we've seen already. Um, Let's break down Troy Brown. I didn't really see the first game. I just saw the highlights. And then today I you know, watched the second half where he played like, some really good defense. And like you mentioned earlier, he's just really good around the rim. Lost when it comes to his jump shot, uh, even though he got fouled a couple of times when I saw him play today. But around the rim, he's just so crafty and he maneuvers and he can kick out and keeps his head, his head up. You can tell that he used to be a point guard. Do we think that Troy Brown is actually going to contribute to this team, or is he just going to ride the bench this year?
1: I think I think he's going to do a lot of sitting, just because you kind of see the power moves, quote unquote, air quotes, <laughs> the power moves that the Wizards are making, signing like you know proven guys, guys who are have been in the league for quite a while, they've been around, um, they've seen a decent amount of success on other teams. I I do think though, at some point there is going to be a point in this season where he's getting some playing time and you're going to see it kind of click with him on the court. And he's going to kind of like that superhero looking down at his fist and realizing all of a sudden like, Oh my God, like this is, I have this power. This is crazy. Like that's going to be Troy Brown jr. At some point yeah. during this season. Cause it's, he's so the thing that impresses me about him so much already is like, usually when you draft a young player, it comes with really raw talent, a really raw mind, as far as like basketball IQ goes, and the skill is there, but they need to learn the game, played at a much faster pace and at a higher level. With Troy Brown, it's so impressive because the kid is 18 years old. He's the, the age of a high school senior. The feel for the game is already there. That's not something that, I mean, he'll get even better with that, but it's not something he needs to work on really he he needs to just become a better shooter and get a little stronger and that's like right now like that's the goal for him become a better shooter and get a little stronger because right now he's already got an nba ready body like his frame is already ready for this league his handles a lot of people have already mentioned it just from watching him he's already the second best ball handler on the team and it's not even close it's like john wall troy brown jr and then like a, a distant third is like Bradley Beal. The first game that you missed, there were so many crazy passes he was throwing like through a no-look pass out to the corner and it was just hitting his teammates like in the face or like in the chest. They like weren't ready at all. So I think a, he's going to be a guy too that playing with NBA level talent consistently, he's going it's going to make him look so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like people point out, "Oh, you can't get too excited because it's summer league." But at the same time, you can't get down on a player too much because it's Summer League. Like the talent that he has around him is not going to be the same talent that he has once he, you know, plays in training camp with the Wizards.
1: When you're watching a player in Summer League, you can still take away, it's not hard to see like what a player's strengths are going to be. And also, you can look at like the Summer League and you can make an informed analysis about what skills you see in the Summer League that are going to also transfer over. Into actual NBA games, ninety percent of his game is going to transfer over immediately. Right. When you talk about ball handling, being able to create, he's he's really good on the glass. He's a really good yeah. rebounder for for someone. I mean, I, he's got a really massive wingspan, so that helps him. Definitely. But also, like you mentioned, like his ability to finish. I'm so impressed with him around the rim. I feel like he's going to shoot an insanely good percentage. Like within you know eight feet, he's got the floater. He knows how to put english off the ball and spin it the right way and he knows angles and like he when he got that steal in today's game he read the passing lane like he knew it was going to happen and then he got whacked when he went up in transition to lay it up And and he finished he just like ate the contact and finished and it was that's the type of stuff about him that gets me really excited
0: yeah i mean god i can't really remember the last time that I looked forward to some youth for the Wizards. Because, I mean, Troy Brown, unlike Kelly Oubre, because Kelly Oubre was more, I felt, was more of a project. Troy Brown has, like you mentioned, the vision, has the, the, the feeling for the game. You can't teach those things to a player. Just watch Kelly Oubre try and dribble. Like you can't
1: teach any of those things. Yeah, he's still, you know, it's Kelly Ubre is still learning how to do stuff with his offhand. Right. He's gotten he's gotten better. Yeah. But it's still like you said, it's a project, and Kelly Ubre is kind of still an ongoing project.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm not gonna make it into a Troy Brown versus Kelly Ubre debate because that's not what we're here for. Because I want more than anything for Kelly Ubre to be in the gym right now. And knocking down 42, 45 percent three, and just mentally you know getting ready, because as he mentioned, you know, dealing with you know anxiety and all that, like you know, mental health matters as well, so I'm yeah. just hoping that he's working on all that during the offseason. He's working with Drew Hanlon again that can only help his game more. but there's going to be some pressure with Troy Brown. Troy Brown's not going to let up, and I'm very excited to see what he does in training camp.
1: I will say to wrap up on Troy Brown like before we touch on Devin Robinson's monster game. I I do want to say that I think you asked me if he's going to contribute this year. I think he's going to sit often early. I do think Scott Brooks is going to hit a point in this season where he is he's left with no choice but to play him because he's going to be that good. And right. I think and I think we're going to see that early like this season. I think we're going to see it this year. Yeah. So that's something that not everyone's on board with that. Right. I do not think Troy Brown is as raw or as much of a, as a project as people think he is. I actually think his game is super polished and I think his jump shot is actually totally fine when you look at the mechanics, but he's going to get better at that too. Yeah. So, I and do think he's going to see fine. time this year. I mean,
0: if he didn't have these question marks or these things that he had to work on, He would have been drafted top ten, top five, first overall pick. So we need to deal. We need to like get rid of those. Oh, but he needs to do this. He needs to do that. It's like yeah, but there's a reason why he wasn't a higher pick. So you mentioned Devin Robinson's monster game. I only caught some of the alley oops and dunks and stuff. I think he had like a monster block at one point today.
1: He Um, was dude. But go I ahead mean, and break
0: down Devin Robinson for us. He was on the G League team. I think he got caught up for the playoffs, never saw a minute. But what can you tell us about Devin Robinson? What did you see these past couple
1: games? Right up right from the jump, the thing you notice about him immediately is he is what well, he's one of the most freakish athletes I think maybe I've ever seen. Like when you when you talk about like the NBA at that level. He's like like an elite level NBA athlete. he's just so raw, and he's kind of the opposite of a Troy Brown Jr. He's got like these intent, this like tantalizing tool set available to him with his his physical uh, like he, he kind of hit the genetic lottery. That's the way that I kind of look at it when I see Devin Robinson, Yeah, because his vertical leap is insane, his ability, like you said, he had a monster block, his wingspan is ridiculous his jumping ability and the way he finishes man for anyone who didn't watch the game today there were dunks where he just jumped over and through like two defenders simultaneously and just emphatically (laughs) like it was it was really impressive to watch um i haven't seen something like that from a player in summer league since i've watched summer league just like monster dunk after monster dunk after monster dunk, alley-oop lobs just yamming on people's heads. Uh, it was impressive, man. And then defensively, he was fantastic. He's a guy that, the Kara Lawson had an interesting story um, that she was talking about courtside with P.J. Um, Carlissimo. She mentioned how when she went to a, a practice at Florida, she went up to him, in the gym, went up to Devin Robinson, said hello, and then walked away, just kinda of watching from the sideline. Devin Robinson, she said, flat footed under the rim, just jumped up, windmilled the hell out of the ball from directly underneath the rim, and she said she went over to the Florida coach and was like, Who is that kid? Like, who is that? And he just looked back and he started chuckling. He was like, Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be damn good. <laughs> so You know, we saw him so sparingly, like maybe the last two or three games of the season last year. And from what we saw, I remember me and you talking about it, you know, opinions on Twitter. Like, why was he on the bench this whole time? He looks like he's long and athletic and can defend. I had no idea that he was this athletic. Right.
0: Impressive to me that we could be a team that's like, oh, we don't need to play that athleticism. We're good rolling out Jan Mahimi and Martin and Gortat. We're good. We don't need to play Devin Robinson. It's like, you have talent on the bench. Play it. Play him against the lottery teams that want to lose because they're rolling out you know projects as well. But yeah, Devin Robinson, uh, Thomas Bryant, and Troy Brown Jr., have really put on a show, especially today against the San Antonio Spurs. And even if, you know, Thomas Bryant and Devin Robinson don't make the team, I'm gonna be watching some go go, some Capital City go go games this year, because I'm I'm very high on these two players and I'm excited to see what they do. So Yeah,
1: man, I think and like to wrap up on that too, this is what you want. Like if you're a team that's kind of strapped for cap space, you want young players who are super talented and extremely promising, and have like a tantalizing skill set that you could try to groom and develop over time, that's what you, for dirt cheap. That's what you want. And the, and the Wizards, for the first time, like I think ever, maybe ever, that I can remember, they have that with this group right now. So I I, I know they might not make the roster. Uh, certainly Troy Brown Jr. is, obviously, but yeah. hopefully Devin Robinson and Thomas Bryant make the squad, because I think they'd be... To your point, I think they'd be more useful than a Mahimi this year.
0: Yeah. And we don't need to keep a roster spot open. Yeah. Which we've done the past couple of years. So that's the Summer League so far. We're going to talk about some internet stuff, some hot <laughs> takes.
1: <laughs> the internets. It's, the, see, it's the a series interwebs. of tubes, guys.
0: The interwebs. So on the <laughs> interwebs. There are a couple things we're going to touch really quickly, and then we're going to close on a bigger topic. There's a trade proposal, apparently, involving the Lakers and the Wizards. In this proposal from a Wizards insider, the Wizards would be acquiring Luau Deng, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart in exchange for Bradley Beal. Supposedly, The Wizards are thinking about accepting the deal and should be getting back to the Lakers later this week. We'll see what happens there. But like I said, it's the internet. And somebody literally typed, Hi, Wizards Insider here. And then... Yeah, man, I I don't know.
1: Yeah, just so everyone knows, we don't know at all if this person is even reputable. It could just be some imaginative fan on a a forum. But... Just or worth some dude mentioning with, like, 10,000 out followers. That, yeah, it, it could be, like, it could totally be a thing. So, yeah.
0: so that's just something we're going to put out there, just in case, you know, you never know. And Ian had some time, and he was listening to some podcasts via The Ringer and other. Ian, what is the, what is the nas- national perception of Dwight Howard to DC?
1: It's tough right now to find actual insight on the move. Um, this is... You know, this is probably my favorite time of year, right, like the in order, like the draft and then free agency hits and then it's summer league um, and then the preseason starts and it's just exciting. You're gearing up. You're getting hyped for actual basketball again with like new rosters and new players. So I like to read, you know, this week specifically, like you mentioned, read a ton of articles and listened to a ton of podcasts. Uh, NBA related, just to stay up on everything and kind of get an idea of everyone's opinions, not just on the Wizards, but on everyone's moves um, around the league. But when it comes to the Dwight Howard signing, it's really tough to find any insight. I mean, outside of our own show, obviously, but tough to find any insight on the basketball side of things. Like, it's tough to to find any opinions in any conversation about how will Dwight Howard fit in this team on the basketball court? What could his skills like what could his skill set bring to a team with John Wall as a pass first point guard? Someone who gets into the paint easily to find someone like a Dwight Howard? Someone who's elite in the pick and roll. Like what does that do for the team? Does that make him better? What's it gonna? It's gonna open anything up. It's gonna help them on defense to actually have someone in the paint who can protect the post, stuff like that. Like right, those are the things that I thought I'd be hearing about. Instead, all you're hearing about is the off court stuff, which we can't ignore. It's not like that's not. It's a real thing. Dwight Howard has had problems off the court in the last four stops he's been at. It's a, it's a real thing. We can't ignore it. But with that being said, every situation is different. Every circumstance is different. House from D.C., a lot of you guys know him, House from D.C. on Twitter. Um, He's a Ringer employee. He's a lifelong Wizards fan. He mentioned something interesting to Bill Simmons on the Ringer NBA show. And it it was essentially along the lines of, who's the best point guard that Dwight Howard has actually ever played with? And when he said that, I, I was thinking back, I'm like, in my, to myself in my car, I'm like, okay, well, Jameer Nelson. Then what, like, old man, broken down Steve Nash, who was badly injured. Uh, Pat Beverly, I guess. Uh, Kimball Walker. Like, those. that's the list, you know? <laughs> that's the list of point guards. Yeah. So John Wall is absolutely the most elite talent and the most elite, as far as a facilitator and setting the table, I don't know if Dwight Howard's ever been coming into an opportunity where it's going to be so easy for him. It's going like, to be so – his role is so simple on this team. And way easier. He's not coming in thinking, oh, man, I'm the alpha. I'm the number one option here. Like, And I think at every other stop, for the points in time where he was going there, you would argue, I think you could argue, that he was either – the number 1 or he was the number 2 in certain scenarios but even like even last year charlotte's so bad and they they have such a small amount of talent on the court aside from like kimba walker i guess i don't know i'm not very high on nick batum as a player I, I just never have been that roster was so inept he probably felt like he had to carry this huge load you know and and i think coming here it's very very clear the pecking order it's Crystal, it's John Wall, it's Bradley Beal, and then even I think it's Otto Porter. And with him, it's then it's him. So I think the role is carved out, and I think the situation, the timing, the team context, everything kind of fits up perfectly. I think Again, the Wizards kind of getting lucky. They, they kind of lucked into a good deal with him. So I don't know, man. We'll see. But the national media just hammering the move it's like it's like a running joke (laughs) people people just like cackling Andrew Sharp was it was hilarious to listen to him talk about it but not as high on the move as we are as fans for sure
0: which is perfectly fine I mean there's a reason why we got him for what we got him for but we'll see what happens with the Dwight Howard saga and then we're gonna wrap up this episode addressing one more rumor and that is the Carmelo Anthony buyout. Oh, man. It is oh, down God, Arthur. to what looks like three teams. The Los Angeles Lakers to be able to play with LeBron James. The Houston Rockets to be able to play with Chris Paul. And the Washington Wizards to be able to come back home. And <laughs> uh, I don't know what else. But I personally... Would welcome Carmelo Anthony to DC if and only if it's in a limited role. I know we talked about this before we recorded, but we mentioned that you mentioned that Carmelo Anthony would have to come here and be the starter, which I think would be fine, but I would need to keep him fresh for the playoffs, keep his body fresh, his mind right. Carmelo Anthony would solve a lot of half-court issues for the Wizards. Obviously, the efficiency and the field goal percentage is what kind of worries some people in the age and his lack of defense and all that good Usage stuff.
1: Usage rate, yeah. yeah.
0: But we wouldn't rely on him. It's like a Dwight Howard situation. He would come here as a piece, as a compliment, as, you know, someone that can take control of a bench unit and give you scoring. And if you pair him up with, Kelly Oubre, Thomas Sadoransky, even Jan Mahimi if you're still trying to play him. You can surround him with with a defensive presence and know that you have a player that can just, back to the basket, ISO, clock's running down, get a bucket from.
1: Uh, But
0: Ian feels a little bit differently. I am committed to Carmelo, to DC. But Ian, what are your thoughts on
1: Carmelo Anthony possibly joining the Wizards? Oh no, man, I'm dude, I'm all in. Like please, please let let this happen. Please. Like I want to watch the world burn. I just want to I want all the chaos to happen. I want all the traffic, like everyone's going Google searching Washington Wizards chaos. Like yeah. this is what this is what I've been waiting for.
0: It would be the greatest show on earth.
1: Oh my god, can you imagine how entertaining this team will be? So He's kind of a black hole still at this point in his career. I think the Thunder are going to be way better now that Paul George can kind of step in and kind of take up a lot of the shots that Carmelo was wasting in that offense. If he could come off the bench, you're basically getting Mike Scott back on a minimum deal, which would be a huge win for the Wizards. Here's the problem. There is no way in hell Carmelo Anthony is agreeing to play here As a sixth man, or as like a seventh man, whatever. He's not going to spearhead a second unit. I think the reality would be you'd have a starting lineup of John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwight Howard.
0: Watch out, Golden State. We're coming for you.
1: Which, like, yeah, dude, dude, six years ago? (laughs) Five years ago? Oh, my God. Like, you don't want to talk about a dream team, like you want to talk about the Golden State Warriors killers? That squad would have dominated. But now it would just be I don't know how it would work. I think how Dwight Howard fits this team is very evident and very clear, and I think it's gonna I think it's a no brainer, like to take the flyer on Dwight. Dwight Howard is the least of my concerns as far as backs like actual on the court basketball stuff is concerned. I don't know really how Carmelo fits here. Like you said, end of game. I guess finally there'd be an option end of game to just some way, somehow, the Wizards could finally buy a basket when it's meaningful and in crunch time. The Wizards' offense with John Wall and Bradley Beal and Otto Porter can't be bring the ball down, slow everything down, and then, like, Dwight's posting up on one end and Melo's posting up on the other. God. Like, it can't, can't be that I, I way. Would, I would walk in front of an incoming truck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, but if he's willing to run a little bit, um, lose a little bit of weight, if he's willing to spot up in the corner and just wait, you know, the system that the wizards run here, John Wall will make it so easy for you. If you want to stay on the wing and wait for an open pass to knock down a great look from three, he's still an okay. Like he didn't have a great shooting season last year, but Carmelo Anthony can still shoot down year with standing last season. The dude is still a good shooter, especially when he's open, and that's all John Wall really produces when you talk about like out on the perimeter. So it could totally work. It could. Like I can't believe I'm saying it. Maybe this is just Wizards fandom right now. We're just talking ourselves into absolute insanity. Yeah. <laughs> because we know like we know it's going to happen. But I'm all about it. Like give me just the most insane roster ever. I'm 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 here. I want to be here for it.
0: <laughs> the Wizard that Wizard's roster would be so much fun to play with in 2K. Do
1: you but, know how many games would be on ESPN and TNT, Arthur?
0: Yeah, I'm down with it. You know, I have one question and we're going to wrap up Carmelo Anthony segment. Who would you rather have taking five wide open three-point shots? Carmelo Anthony or Markeith Morse?
1: If, if only it were that simple, if only it were that, if that was the, if that's what we were getting, it's no, you you take Carmelo Anthony and you don't think twice about it, but it's not, it's not that simple. I'm
0: oversimplifying it, but the point stands getting Carmelo Anthony. It would just be an offensive production standpoint. How many games this year? and seeing that Markeith Morris has taken more shots than Bradley Beal, than Otto Porter. Offenses leave him open, and that makes everything tougher for everyone. But with Carmelo, if you're going to leave him open, he's going to have the best season of his career, knocking down three-pointers, wide-open three-pointers.
1: And and there'd be enough talent on the team where defenses will have to scramble and pick and choose who to double-team. Like, I get what you're saying. I need to hear, because I think, I feel it in my bones... I can feel like the basketball gods are whispering in my ear. Who, if Mello comes here, you have five seconds to answer after I'm done asking you this question. Go for it. Starting lineup. John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Mello, Dwight Howard. How many games do they win in the East in the regular season?
0: Easily, healthy, no drama, 60. 60
1: wins? 60, 60 wins, 60. easily gets you the number one seed in the East. All right. Okay, Arthur. You said was, the East. I, I was thinking it too. You like, said I'm the a, East. I'm a psychopath. Like I'm sitting here talking myself into Carmelo Anthony on the Wizards who just added Dwight Howard and Jeff Green thinking, you know what? This could be a 60-win <laughs> team in the East.
0: <laughs> now, uh, I don't know if that means anything we, we it's need, the East, I think it but, means
1: we need to see a psychiatrist is what it means. But... I can see
0: it. And you know what else is like the sad part out of all this? Wall <laughs> would finally be playing with three other All-Stars. <sighs> Isn't that so depressing? The people that kill John Wall in the regular don't realize that the amount of All-Stars that have played with John Wall are two at this point, and one of them hasn't even played yet. Like, Steph Curry has a whole, like, all-NBA team on his roster. Russell Westbrook at one point had James Harden, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka on his team. Kyrie Irving used to play with LeBron James and Kevin Love. But don't consider John Wall one of the best point guards in the NBA. How dare you do that when his best teammate uh, up until last season was probably Paul Pierce at 40 years old. Yeah, John Wall's
1: he's a very special player. Uh, It's weird to hear a lot of the backlash from some very smart NBA journalists and analysts, specifically this offseason when it comes to John Wall. Uh, Even people who just like a year and a half ago were worshiping him and calling him the second best player in the East. And I think now in the NBA more than ever, it's like, what have you done for me lately? It has never been so alive as it is today. Yeah. Because one season removed from... Absolute superstar, maybe a top five player, maybe definitely like a top eight player in the conversation and second best player in the East behind LeBron James. There was like LeBron, then there was John Wall, and then like very distantly there's everyone else. And like that's what it was. Yeah. And now after a year where he missed an entire half of the season and then came back and put up playoff averages that no one has put up since John Stockton – all of a sudden, he's like, he's just completely out of the conversation, and and I do want to mention real like, someone that all of us and probably everyone listening like huge fans of one guy in particular. Um, not going to name names, I guess, but said said something along the lines of, if John Wall is special, then there are a whole lot of those in the league right now, and. There's nothing – there's literally no metric and there's no, no statistical basis to back that claim up at all. When you look at a 20-10 and 10 point guard who is in the playoffs consistently, a five-time all-star, but then what he's on track to do in his career as far as surpassing Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, like that's what he's on pace for is Detroit Piston Isaiah Thomas. By the time John Wall finishes his career, he's on pace to have more points and more assists than Isaiah Thomas. Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. One of the greatest players of all time. He is going to shatter every Washington Wizards record by the time he retires. And he is on track to be one of three point guards in NBA history to average, or not to average, rather one of three point guards in NBA history to surpass 18,000 points and 9,000 assists. One of three in the history of the sport. So I'll agree to disagree that there are, quote-unquote, a whole lot of those in the league, because that's just just untrue. Yeah, and
0: I mean, you're teasing something that you're working on behind the scenes, but... I really hope that you're able to land this guest because he is, like you said, a role model to many, especially in the blog, in the, you know, the social media, blogging, podcasting world. He's a huge icon, I would say. Big
1: deal, man. He introduced, a, you know, introduced an entire fan base to this team. So Exactly. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. So on that note, we this was a jam packed episode. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is one of the best episodes that we've put out. There's so much to talk about, so much to look forward to, and it's much better than rolling into the season with just Gortat. And thank God, I'm company. so glad.
1: Yeah, March, I don't miss you, man. Yeah, like, I don't thanks. either,
0: and I hope we don't miss him during the regular season. But that's gonna do it for us tonight. I am your host. I am Arthur Reynolds. Please check me out on Twitter at District Mamba. My guest for tonight and my co-host of this awesome podcast, Ian Evans, make sure to follow him on Twitter at the real Ian underscore E. We are at LockedonWizards. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. Hit us up with a review. We love reading those things. And we'll catch you guys next time.
1: Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.